And welcome back again, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of the Lost Podcast of Titan, a father and son journey through the sci-fi series that unite our generations. My name is Jeremiah, and I am the son. My name is Michael, and I am the father. I will attest to it. <laughs> you will testify on uh, in a court of law as to that fact. Yes. <laughs> Mom is in the background, rocking back and forth nervously. <laughs> Uh, Actually, that's what she was doing when we were taking her to the hospital to have you, but that's another story altogether. She was nervous? Well, I guess I would be nervous, too. When the, gra- when the greatness, <laughs> that is me, is about to be born into the world. Well, uh, she had company. Well, I would we, hope we were, so. We were all, we were, yeah, I was hardly uh, the, the image of calm. <laughs> but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> as I said, we like to go through our sci-fi series uh, that hopefully united our generations and hopefully united yours. We'd like to talk about them, discuss them. And now we are in our animated series arc of Star Trek. And this is episode four, The Lorelei Signal. What do you think of this one? I liked it. I had a lot more fun with it than I did with uh, One of Our Planets is Missing. <laughs> so what I want to say is, like, I, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, you wanted me to go, Bleh. <laughs> Well, it's no. hard to really dislike this episode. I, I like this episode too. Uh, it's a brief synopsis. Um, uh, the Enterprise is cruising around the galaxy, and they get a signal, and it becomes very obvious, even though it's the the most ear grating noise ever produced <laughs> by men, that all the men on board the ship totally dig it, but all the women are going, "What the actual fuck?" Which I which I find kind of amusing. <laughs> But uh, so the Enterprise comes to the planet, they beam down, and gorgeous women everywhere, which means this is a trap. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what? They, they should have been immediately suspicious. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa, all of them platinum blonde, all of the wait. It's like uh, it's like they walked into the castle anthrax from Monty Python and Holy Grail. <laughs> we are we are three score all young maidens between the ages of eighteen and twenty two, <laughs> dressing, undressing, making <laughs> exciting underwear. Some some of that would have might have you know really pushed the episode over the top. That that just opens itself. Uh, I mean, it's a pity the Monty Python writers. Couldn't get into Star Trek. Uh, I'm I'm sure there has to be at least some treaty somewhere where one of the writers of uh, Monty Python did a little little bit of a uh, Star Trek uh, that never probably got off the uh, the ground. Well, they did do their requisite, or what they felt was their requisite science fiction story about the giant blamanges from outer space that were trying to take over. Scotland, or send everybody to Scotland so that the aliens could win Dennis at Wimbledon. <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't think that counts. But anyway. <laughs> uh, this was written by Margaret Arman, who wrote yes. three original series episodes, The Gamesters of Triskelion, The Paradise Syndrome, and Co of the Cloudminders. And she will have another uh, animated series coming up. Uh, and, and a whole series is hers. Oh, wow. No, another uh, episode in the animated series. No, I'm, I'm just checking. But, uh, okay. Yeah, so they get onto the planet, and, uh, you know, clearly it's a trap. 
Uh, all of the men get more and more confused and befuddled. Uh, apparently in the some, women yeah, are in some cases that didn't take much, but are draining the life essence and vitality of precious bodily fluids of the men <laughs> as they begin to age rapidly. Uh, they make an escape hide in an urn outdoors and, uh, uh, Spock manages to get a message up to the ship where Uhura is in command. My girl Uhura saw right. all the gr- all the guys like starting to act weird and she's like well fuck this noise Com- I mean, takes, it wasn't, takes over the shit doesn't ask takes it, it over it, it wasn't just the guys on the landing party it was still the guys up on the ship were still affected in some of the most embarrassing yeah uh, <laughs> and she and she put she puts one on one uh one one and one together really quick she's like i want an all-female security team to guard everything she gets the message from Spock. She beams down and doesn't ask questions. She starts making Just demands and opens fire. Like, really? The whole... Everyone starts firing phasers. I'm going, shit. Action. I'm like, holy shit. Kirk has been holding Uhura back from the galaxy. Yes. Like, Uhura could conquer the whole fucking thing. Holy shit. I was, I was digging it. You need Uhura as your second in command on the cynical bastard. On the SS cynical bat, yeah, that sounds like a yeah. good plan. But um, so yeah, uh, th- eventually they come to the realization that in, in the world's fastest exposition. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the pro- that's the drawback with these half-hour episodes. I, I can't. I'm actually beginning to like it. There's there's <laughs> no waste time whatsoever. It's hold on exposition dump. But um. <laughs> But it's been revealed that uh, there was like they were actually colonists from another uh, world. They land there, and the men just waste away. Where the women develop uh, mind control powers, uh, and then have to basically feed themselves on the life essence of men every twenty-seven years or so. And then they're just simply offered another planet, and they all jump at the chance to get off this fucking rock. And live a normal life. As normal women. As normal women, yes. And I'm like, wait, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. They were (laughs) they were colonists. They came here already from another planet. Where's their ship? Why couldn't they leave together? How long ago did they arrive at that planet? It doesn't matter. It happened right away. You don't well maybe they needed uh, the colony ship. Uh, they take apart the colony ship to build their initial structures and infrastructure. Well, yeah, but it, this all this happened in the first few months. They made that they explained that in the episode. Well, unfortunately, we didn't have that much time to. Uh, what I'm saying is that they lied, and that they 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 didn't oh. actually develop that planet. They, they had it all along. They're actually natives of that planet, and You're now that women lie. Well, no, I'm saying that these, these, <laughs> these vile vixen women sirens of Mars have now been unleashed into the Federation and they're going to go and they call and... their new planet Ryza. That's right. See, that's, that's <laughs> the thing. Uh, plenty of, plenty of, uh, vital male essence. Presuming, you know, they're not Jean-Luc Picard who just go to Ryza to read. Oh, that's so fuck. I was such fucking stupid. <laughs> but uh, maybe the these the Tarian women just needed the planet governed by a uh, strong male 
presence. And we could have put Harry Mudd in charge of the planet. Ladies, ladies. (laughs) There's enough mud to go around. (laughs) Putting it mildly. (laughs) I'm easily spread, don't you know? But, uh... (laughs) But yeah, but it's another episode where, uh, you know, it's, hey, we can get you off this fucking rock. Oh, really? You don't (laughs) say. Suddenly, I'm not going to try and kill you anymore. (laughs) Or take your essence. Also, this has the best line so far in uh, Star Trek history, where uh, the initial beaming party beams down, right? Yeah. And um, they're surrounded by gorgeous women. And Kirk's first question is like, well, where are the men? And, and <laughs> but no, no, the best, the best episode, the, the best line comes right after where the, where the woman goes, they're in another compound and Kirk immediately goes, oh, that makes sense. And wanders <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit. Someone's been up on that starship for too long <laughs> oh, that makes sense it's like every now and again you know there's that saying uh uh only enough blood to run one at a time and i'm like that's a perfect example right there <laughs> jesus oh that makes sense oh really because <laughs> wasn't there another episode where the women were in charge and the men were in another compound and that was a trap i seem to recall uh, that that was a trap uh, next a next generation episode called I think Angel One. Uh, oh no, it was uh, it was original series. Oh, uh, oh wait, uh, they were underground. They were under the women were underground and the men were above ground, wasn't that? Oh, uh, oh heck, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Spock's brain, probably. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep, that's it. Spock's brain, which is probably why we don't have trouble remembering it. Yep. And also, uh, they decided they didn't need male essence. They just needed a male, you know, someone's brain to run their uh, mahjong machine. That's what they. That's that was the uh, the way they got it past the censors. (laughs) They're only saying they just need the brain, right? But also, once again, the transporter can cure diseases and remake the body to what it was. And and this is never mentioned. Well, I mean, it's mentioned again later on, but it seems to be. Like, why is there any medical issue whatsoever in the Federation, you know? Like if you just ra- store the pattern of the person when he, when that person is hale and healthy and keep it on file, uh, a, a crew person, you know, gets a hangnail, they say, quick, into the transporter, zap, zap, no more hangnail. Exactly. And you could just, you could, there's no reason to die. You could just, I'm about 60 years old. I would like to be but 20 again, et cetera, et cetera. Go back into the transporter, and there you go. Or make a copy of a person, and keep that copy on file, and let the uh, materialize the copy when you need someone as a crew person on a starship. Yeah, I mean, we had that issue with uh, the the evil Riker. Yeah. Uh, also, also, I noticed something in this episode that's kind of weirding me out, where. Uh, no one has any whites in their eyes. Uh, is this an animation style from Funimation where they just don't it's, do whites? Yeah, of eyes? Uh, they can, uh, we never really got close enough to the eyes, but yeah, it's just uh, the a typical animation style for filmation. Mm. 
It's just like they would save money, you know, when you see a distant shot of the characters walking about. You, you get just a black silhouette instead of the fully realized character. God, they're saving money on getting on saving money on a uh, on just white paint. That's it. I didn't know white paint <laughs> was that expensive. Oh, well, yes, it is. Oh, what I wasn't so much weirded out by uh, this thing, uh, uh, but. They got that scene when Spock is trying to access the Tarian equipment, and he remembers that the the I think it was their viewer, the Optoad. You accessed it by the one of the women accessed it by singing a particularly high extended note. Yes, and so to access it, Spock had to sing the the exact, exact note. Yes, note. And it occurred to me, if Leonard Nemo had done this in the live-action series, the audience would have just fallen over backwards, uh, either busting a gut laughing or trying to recover long enough to change the channel and find something else to watch. That would not have worked, I think, in the real-life uh, series. Are unless- you Are you trying to imply that... Having a whole bevy colony of platinum blonde women, all ages between eighteen and twenty-two, dressing, undressing, knitting exciting <laughs> underwear, that, that wouldn't distract the audience <laughs> long enough. To well, maybe, that. maybe not all of the audience, but <laughs> uh, so so many uh, possibilities that they didn't have time for. <laughs> oh Lord! But I like the episode. <sighs> I like the episode too. You know, they should have maybe had a follow up. There was they come across another planet, but it attracts only the uh, female characters. And you know, later on, Kirk and the other males get to go. Ha ha! I thought I thought that was Vulcan. Oh really? Yeah. All women seem to just be really into Vulcans. In case you hadn't noticed. I, I have noticed. See, there in you fact, go. In fact, I'm I'm surprised they didn't all just you know dogpile on Spock. <laughs> well, they're they more civilized than us. They they wait their turns. Oh, okay. Take a number. <laughs> now serving number two forty seven. Number two forty seven. Bingo. I mean, my turn. <laughs> me, me. Oh, uh, but uh, it affected all the it affected all the other not just the humans. On the ship, it affected all the species. Yeah, Klingons and Romulans. Yeah, they made a point of that. Well, Lieutenant Eric's as well. Um, and it made me wonder what happened What happened if Eric's had beamed down. Uh, the women were going to go up to him and say, oh, wait a minute. This is going to cause a problem here. <laughs> oh, I don't think they would have minded. <laughs> it looked like he's a lobster. They could just crack his shell open. Oh, <laughs> But next episode, ladies and gentlemen, is the return of Mud with more oh. troubles, more oh, wait, wait, more troubles, more troubles. You've been waiting for this one. Ah, uh, the return this, this of is the Mud. Re- this is the reason you wanted to do the reviews of the uh, animated episode. I mean, it, it, it's a episode. sin that he isn't in the next generation with no, no explanation. No, wait, this with- is not the Mud episode. This isn't. No, this is. Uh, I thought it was. I mean, it's got like a other- mud-like character. Or Cyrano is Jones. Oh, Cyrano Jones. Okay, never mind. I'm just looking. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking at the the pictures, and it looked like uh, mud from the distance. That's some distance. Well, I mean, 
It's a small picture. <laughs> kind of tiny. <laughs> but, and they also had the, uh, not only do they have Stanley Adams reprising his role as Cyrano Jones, but they, they list David Gerald as a tra- Enterprise transporter ensign who didn't have any lines. And I'm saying, well, wait, if he didn't have any lines, how do we know it's David Gerald? Uh, they did the Foley work. Oh, well, presuming that I even know, knew what uh, David Gerald looked like, which I really all don't, or sounded like, which I don't. Uh-huh. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. No. I hope y'all enjoyed, ladies and gentlemen, and we will catch y'all next time. Take care and behave.